Welcome to the Rated JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. All right, what's going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. Sorry I took a little hiatus. Uh, new job and this lovely weather we've been having lately has been kind of kicking my butt, but that's neither here nor there. We're back in the studio today, and I've got none other than Mr. Josh Birch uh, 2.0 in the yeah, studio. what up? What's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. So living life. That's what I like to hear. When I, and when I say 2.0, I mean that in the best way possible because... Uh, for those of you that don't know, Josh has recently started himself on a little a little fitness journey, and I'm all about it, man. Every time I see you, you're a thinner version of a, the last time I saw you, and I'm, yeah. I, it's firing me up, man. Well, I had a I had a lot to give, so <laughs> <laughs> it was about time to start giving it back. But so, what was the what was like the thought process? What, what, like, what, what was your why of starting all this? Because I mean, how how old are you? I'm thirty. 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 So. 30's the new 20 though, right? Yeah, the way you're rocking it, man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it was good, man. It was, um, I think I really started back in, uh, you know, everyone has their start date. Mine was like August 28th. That was like the day that, you know, I had actually uh, set a doctor's appointment, you know, because when you're, you know, unhealthy and overweight like that, you know, you kind of, you have to start somewhere. Um, so my whole thing was, I'm going to start by just going to make sure that a, I'm, I'm not dying of anything. I don't think I'd been to the doctor in a while, but, um, and B, you know, just, just really kind of start actually trying to tackle, you know, the issue and Hell yeah. um, chipping away at it. But yeah, it was good. I went there. Um, my doctor, she's awesome. She's a great lady. Um, you know, did she, she did she package it to you in a way that was like, not like you need to get in the gym right now. Like she probably did. She strike a nerve with you that was like okay. Like I mean, maybe I need to kick this into gear. Yeah. Well, I think what the biggest one was was just you know it was kind of almost the opposite of you know because that's what I kind of figured. That's honestly I think why I put it off for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you're gonna go in there and they're just gonna be like, you are the most unhealthy person we've seen. <laughs> you were gonna die tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I I think you know when I went in there and actually spoke with her and. You know, we did, you know, all my tests and everything. And um, the way she, you know, just told me she was like, look, you know, we're going to chip away at it. We're going to do it a month at a time. Um, you know, so the first time I went there, I really just set my, like, set how many calories I need to be eating a day. And then, you know, realistic gym expectations. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Honestly, that at first it was like, look, if you just get in your car and drive within, you know, two blocks of the gym, that's better than I think you were doing. So <laughs> yeah, we started from there. That's so sick, man. I love that because, uh, we talk on here quite often about, you know, health and fitness. I am by no means Mr. Olympia or anything like that, but I think I take health seriously. I think Definitely. I, I think I'm healthy 80% of the time, yeah. you know, like my weekends, obviously I'm a human being, I'm a married man. I'm tired just like everybody else, but just little changes you make mm-hmm. throughout your everyday life for people that aren't necessarily the, you know, quote gym goers. I think it gets this, like a, uh, this stigma or this, uh, this bad rep, if you will, like 
oh my God, I started going to the gym yesterday and I'm so sore. I can't walk. I'm so tired. I had to call into work. You don't have to go balls to the wall. You do not. I mean, seriously, just physically showing up is better than, like you said, than not going at all. Oh, yeah. And if you couple that with trying to eat better, not even saying you need to eat broccoli and kale for every meal. Like, if you just tried it, like you, the term you used was chip away, that's perfect. I love yeah. that. So uh, do you have, like, any specific goals? Like, I mean, do you have, like, a number in your head? Are you wanting uh, to run a 5K? Are you wanting to bench press 300 pounds? Hey, I want it all. No, and honestly, you know, you have a goal. I mean, especially when you're dealing with, you know, numbers and everything. Um, when I first started going, again, it was like uh, basically shrinking my days down to a day at a time was like. So I try to think of it like, okay, if I wake up on Monday, I'm going to go to work. As long as I stay under, like I said, the calories that my, you know, we had discussed. I think it was like 1,800 calories is what I started at. Um, you know, as long as I stay under my calories and at least, you know, try to get to the gym, you know, walk on the treadmill for a little bit, you know, I'm not, if I do those two things, then that's a good day. And, you know, when you first start, I mean, it's just like anything else. When you first start, um, especially going to the gym, I, uh, you know, would just kind of pick the farthest treadmill away. And, you know, I was literally just trying to get in and out of there. I wasn't really paying attention to how fast I was going or what I was doing. For sure. Um, but again, when we're talking about chipping away at it, my first month of when I had started, I had actually, uh, also with, uh, Preston Williamson, um, we said we we're going to do this thing called sober September. I know Joe Rogan does that sober October thing, right, but right. we didn't want to wait till October. Yeah. So, uh, that first month that, so the end of August through all the month of September, you know, I had, you know, I wasn't drinking alcohol or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, you know, alcohol is just like food. I mean, it's good and bad. You can overdo it just like you can overdo anything oh, else. Yeah, it is. It's way but, worse because usually bad, a lot of alcohol leads yeah. to terrible food decisions. Terrible food choices. Yeah, 4 a.m. triple water burger oh, with cheese. Oh my gosh, yeah. It sounds and like you know the best so idea ever. what's so shitty nowadays <laughs> is that it, they, can, they bring it to your house now. Like you have DoorDash, you have Uber Eats, you have all these things. And if you are, and I'm telling you, struggling with food like that, I feel like is, is it's the same as struggling with some hardcore drugs. Like, bro, it's, yes. it's impossible. And the worst part is, like I said, you can be laying in bed and you're like, gosh, I, I want Whataburger. And you know, two years ago, you just like, well, I'm not going to get up and go get it. So you just roll over and go to sleep. Sure. But now your phone is just staring at you over there. Like. And it doesn't help that I guarantee you after this conversation, we're going to look at our phone and there's going to be Whataburger yeah. like ads because government CIA, yeah, right? I know they're but, everywhere, but that's so dude. I, I, we talk about this all the time, Casey and I, and, uh, got to give credit to one of my favorite comedians ever, Tom Segura. Yeah. I love that guy. He's Please funny. tell me you've seen his Netflix oh, yeah. special, his most all recent them, one, all of them, yeah. he, his opening line. Like if we don't want to leave our house, we legitimately never have to leave <laughs> our house. Like if you have a job where you can work from home, you could realistically never leave your home ever. And I'm like, that's kind of scary. Get one of those. You got to get one of those sit up beds that he was talking about though. (laughs) Food. And then an arm comes out and feeds you. (laughs) But, uh, which would probably be like ideal for my wife. She, I mean, you know, Casey, she is a bubbly, loud personality. That girl would never. She's not loud. Yeah, right. She is just, very outspoken. There you go. Yes. Yeah, At higher I, volumes than most people. <laughs> yes. She, believe it or not, she is a home body, man. Like her ideal weekend is just chilling at home, 
Friday through Sunday, sleeping, eating bad food, and then waking yeah. up and starting her week. See, I'm the complete opposite. When my Friday rolls around, I guess it's because like my work week is pretty routine. Mm-hmm. I want, I am trying so hard to break that routine when the weekend rolls around. I'm like, I don't care where we go. I ain't trying to be at my house right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which I, the point I was getting at is that kind of uh, adventurous personality kind of gets me in trouble sometimes mm-hmm. too because it is, you know, hard to say no to a beer on a Friday if mm-hmm. you're out and about. It is hard to say no to all the delicious food when it's on every street corner yeah. that you turn. And it's so cheap too. Like Dirt cheap. If you, you can want- get a salad for $9 or go get nine McChickens from McDonald's. <laughs> That's unfair. Applebee's, you got nine PBRs. Oh my gosh, Applebee's! I, they are. We can't get into Applebee's. Huge fan of Applebee's. Yeah. If anyone from Applebee's hears this, sponsor us. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Applebee's, and you're and they are turning America into alcoholics yeah. one one dollar at a time. Hey. But I love it. Capitalism. <laughs> but um, so what? What is your on this health journey? This thing. I feel like you've got a good relationship with mm-hmm. it. You're not expecting to you know, lose a hundred pounds overnight. No. You, you started your goal uh, or excuse me, you, you started this journey at the end of summer, which I think was a really good mm-hmm. idea too, because you're going to go into the winter months. You're going to be covered up in, you know, big clothes yeah. and all that. Like that's where most people tend to screw up is they'll start mm-hmm. shredding or start dieting in like May. Like, yeah. Dude, it's already hot outside. Like you're, you're not going to, you didn't put the weight on overnight. You're not going to take it off overnight. Yeah. So you kind of start in this journey when you did, that's, that's a very, I think it got you a step ahead of the quote competition, yeah. you know, it, the competitions yourself, but you get what I'm saying. Exactly. And, well, um, that's that sober stint that you did in September. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a good kickoff. It was. And I, I got to give you props. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but, uh, Casey and I would talk about this and I was like, man, I really admire you for doing that because our friend group, which is stretches far and wide. Yeah. I mean, we've got in our regular weekend activities, we have 50 people that are like oh, regular yeah. faces. And not all of them make the best of decisions. So yeah. you didn't you didn't change your personality. You didn't miss out on anything. You were still mm-hmm. present, which I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. So props to you for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when it was when I was doing that um, again, and I was doing and all these things that I've been trying when it comes to this stuff has been you know setting personal goals and honestly starting them one day at a time and like letting them build off that. But like I said, that first month of of not drinking, and again watching my calories, um, and again I think I was going. I probably went to the gym four or five times that first month. You know, I mean it, it, and it wasn't you know anything you know crazy that I was doing there. But in that first month, I lost like sixteen pounds. Hell, and yeah. then you know as far as um, like setting my end goals and everything. Uh, I mean, right now I'm, you know, I weighed today and I'm, I'm down like 62 pounds. Damn. Yeah. Since the start? Since the start. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, essentially September, was that September, October, November, December, January? Yeah. Half, five and a half months, bro. You're yeah. losing 10 pounds a month, over 10 pounds a month. Yeah. Well, and that's sick. Good for you, man. I appreciate it, man. And, and, uh, like I said, it's a good, a good thing to, to focus on because, you know, when, like you said, you know, I'm pretty social, you know, I like to go out and hang out with my friends. And I think a big part of some of the unhealthier habits I had was, was I was like you, when the weekends rolled around, I didn't want to sit at my house, but really the only thing I could ever think to go do was like, let's go out to eat, 
Let's go have, you know, a beer somewhere. Let's go to a football game. Let's go do something. Right. right. Um, but what it's kind of even transformed into now, and, you know, it's honestly kind of a relief because when we're talking about going to the gym, a lot of uh, a lot of my friends, you, Corey, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, work out a lot. And, you know, that's what, you know, you guys do, you know, so – uh, a lot of my friends, I've actually got them to where, you know, when we're trying to go out to eat or trying to go do this, I say, well, why don't we just, why don't we just go to the gym? I, I've got that planet fitness thing set up. So yeah. it's, you know, I can get a person in there anytime that I want. Cause I'm a <laughs> black card member, dude. you know, for 20 bucks a month, it, you, you get to feel pretty Man, special I, at planet fitness, y- but, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got a pretty, pretty big deal over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. But, um, you know, when we're talking about what my end goals were, what everything was is is basically to create habits that, that I'm going to be able to do forever. Because I've one thing that I think I came to terms with is that, that it's, that's something I'll always struggle with. I mean, that's just, that'll be me. And I could either choose to let it just, you know, beat me down or at least fight back a little bit. Cause you know, we were talking even before, you know, you still have to, you still have to feed, give into those desires sometimes because yeah, you're course. not the thing that I, I had to tell myself, especially when I first started was, you know, if I cave and, you know, go out and have a few beers and everyone's going to Whataburger afterwards and I go to Whataburger and get, get something to eat, I didn't need to wake up the next morning and be afraid to step on the scale or be afraid, not like, not say like, oh, well, you know, I already messed up last night. Well, I'll just keep you know, keep the streak. Alive. Yeah. Like a snowball effect. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's an easy, it's a slippery slope because, right. you know, once, and again, all I'm doing is speaking from personal experience because, uh, you know, everyone I think handles this in their own way for sure. Um, but from personal experience, my biggest thing was just again, not stacking bad days on top of bad days on top of bad days. So mm-hmm. I try Like I said, I look at it as a day at a time, you know, if I had a good day here and I stack two or three on those, you know, two or three of them up, you know, when Friday rolls around or something, you know, I can, I can still go out and, you know, live my yeah. life and enjoy myself. So. Right. And and that's another thing that, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, like my friend group, my like close knit group that I've been friends with for years. Oh, we, we do exercise, but well, that's how we, a lot of us met was working mm-hmm. at the gym and stuff, but it's so funny to see what out you know other people mm-hmm. think of that particular group because we're some of the most unhealthy people you could ever imagine yeah. it's just like you oh he works out well yeah what you don't know is that before i went to the gym i googled my meal that i'm gonna eat afterwards i'm like okay how many calories are in this you know triple meat water burger a large dr pepper a large fry okay i have to burn this many calories to go eat it like, that's I, a lot bro, that's, I, a, I, that's a long day at yeah the gym. no i've never done that <laughs> but i'm saying you get the the mm-hmm. what i'm saying is people think of it like oh my god they they're they don't do this they don't do that they're, i'm not talking about myself mm-hmm. but like personal trainer friends of mine mm-hmm. i i even look at them like how in the world do you maintain this lifestyle and then i see them outside of their nine to five i'm like oh pff, you're a freaking normal guy just like me man yeah. it's just like you said chip away at it don't let that snowball effect yeah. happen and if you go out, it's maybe even just saying, "Hey, I'm going to drink a Michelob Ultra," as exactly. opposed to a you know a Shiner or like a I'm going to have a single meat 
cheeseburger instead Definitely. of a double. It's little things like that that will keep you from just falling off the deep end. Exactly. Oh. And I think a big thing with that too um, is it just always being present in your mind. Like no matter what you're doing and Preston Clark, a good buddy of mine, uh, he we went to high school together. He actually lost a bunch of weight when, when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And he said thing something that you know kind of stuck with me. He was like, as long as you're not gaining weight you're losing weight and as long as you and if you're not losing weight then you're gaining weight so my whole mentality of it is is like look if i'm because i use like a calorie counter sometimes Uh if i if i do cheat or if i do go off and you know have something i mean i don't care it's just i can't be scared to look at the number i'll put it in i'll put it in there you know and it's not like your phone's gonna blow up and then you know you're just gonna you're gonna get in some kind of trouble or anything but um and honestly it's just teaching myself accountability and yeah. you know eventually you know it sounds you know a little silly when you're talking about being 30 years old and learning accountability but no it's not at know, all because i think uh, that i think that goes for any walk of life mm-hmm. uh i think the majority of us are our own biggest critics yeah. you know i know i can definitely say that on my own behalf you know um working out you know even just this podcast you know mm-hmm. like i'll put stuff out and i'm like man like i don't God, i don't I wasn't happy with that. And then I'll yeah. get blown up in, in DMs from people saying, oh, dude, that was great. Like, it makes you feel good. Definitely. And I'm sure that you are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I didn't lose any weight this week. Then you come see us, and we're like, damn, dude, I remember when you used to wear that shirt, and now it's falling off of yeah. you. Like that, It's little stuff like that that, like you said, the accountability factor and just little stuff that uh, pops up here and there that keeps yeah. you on that linear path. But um, what is your – like, what's your source of, like, motivation to keep going? Like, I mean, you're not – you, you said you don't have a specific number you're looking mm-hmm. for. Do you just, you know, want to look good when the summer rolls around? Do you want to be able to, yeah. like, what's something that keeps you going? I mean, ultimately, it's just, you know, you just, I want to be healthy. I mean, I've got nieces and nephews. I mean, I've got, you know, big family. You know, it's just, it's one of those things I feel like in anyone that has struggled with it and has gone, like, in going through it or, you know, yeah. I feel because what I've told myself is that, you know, I can't look at it as like, okay, if I do this, if I do this for this long, or if I hit this number, I get to go back to living the way I was living. Right. And frankly, it's just like, I'll never be able to do that again. So, um, I mean, I can do it, but I've already, you know, seen the results of it. And that, I mean, and it's just, again, trying to create healthy habits for myself to where, you know. Well, those are, those sound like good. I guess productive sources of like motivation because exactly. a lot of the times you'll see people that diet, you know, mm-hmm. a di- diet kind of gets a bad rep because that, that essentially means, Hey, I'm going to change my lifestyle for this amount of time. Exactly. And then you go, like you said, go right back to where you were. Mm-hmm. And usually the rebound effect is twice as bad as the first, you know, initial product. Well, and so, can, and that's like, I can personally vouch for that. I mean, it was probably a couple, it was a couple years ago. Um, when I was living in Dallas, I lost like 32 pounds at one point, 30, 31, 32, somewhere right around there. And I had done that in like, uh, it was probably about three months, Okay, but it was, you know, I was real strict on like, I think I was only eating like 1500 calories a day. Yeah. And it was, I have like, when I got burned out on it, I literally gained all that weight back plus another 30 pounds. Yeah. You know, and it was... Uh, and it's, 
you just got to get to that point in your head and like it is a relationship exactly. with and, and it's like any any other part of your life like if you if you have a bad taste in your mouth from somebody whether mm-hmm. like if it's a person you might not want to go back and revisit that relationship exactly. but if it same thing with food you know if you have like a you're scared of it essentially yeah, yeah it's gonna it's gonna eat you alive no pun intended but yeah. like <laughs> the, but anyways uh so i know that we're talking about health and fitness but you're still an average everyday guy just like all of us oh, yeah. like what is your slightly better looking yeah now. no just... there's no slightly about it 100 <laughs> percent. but what is what is the uh like what's your ideal cheat day like what what's what's your go-to like oh man i deserve this i'm gonna just divulge mm-hmm. in everything that i want right well, now. well what's funny you know if you had asked me this like five months ago i mean i, I could have sat here for the whole podcast telling <laughs> you i would eat this 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 you know i mean it's honestly come to a point, you know, I, I still love Whataburger. Whataburger. Will, oh, yeah. That'll be, I don't know what other burger places are doing, but they need <laughs> to get on what Whataburger is doing because they've been doing something right forever. But, um, you know, I mean. Spoken like a true Texan. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm telling my perfect thing, I think if I'm cheating on is I like a good burger with fries. You know, I mean, that's. Hell yeah. That's. You know, a go to. I've not Dude. been a big pizza guy. I've never been. Oh, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking, I'm thinking about this, and you said pizza. You've got to tell the story. Okay, so Josh, one of the funniest stories of my entire life was Josh telling me about how angry he got at this woman that messed up his pizza order. Oh, my goodness. Dude, please. I thought that I was going to literally go to Pizza Hut and like go in there with like one of those bobcats, like one of those... Karen. Karen's, yeah. Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> it was so no. So again, I'm at home. You know, it's I think it was like a Monday or Tuesday or something. Long day at work. You know, I told myself I was like, when I get home, you know, I'm gonna order pizza tonight. I'm gonna sit down, watch The Office. You know, just have a real chill night. So I order pizza. I don't have anything to drink in my house, so I have to order a drink too. So I order pizza. I order a drink. Well, the delivery guy gets there and he's only got the pizza. And I'm like, okay, do I really like make this a big, I think on any other day I would have just been like, oh, you just drink some water. You'll be fine. But for some reason, like I was like standing on principle. So I told the guy, I was like, Hey man, you know, I ordered, you know, I think it was like a diet Coke or Coke or something. I was like, you know, I didn't get it. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, well, (laughs) Do you, are, you, are y'all going to bring it or do I get my money back or something? He was like, you're going to have to call the store. And I was like, okay, listen, man, you guys forgot the drink. Like I, at this point I'm on principle. It's like, you, you forgot it. I'm not going to make the extra phone call to, to get this. And this is where I kind of start feeling <laughs> myself slip a little bit. So the guy like, literally just told me, he was like, I don't know, man. He, I mean, he just, and he left. I didn't even eat the pizza. I was like sitting there in my kitchen, like calling pizza hut. And I got like this manager lady on the phone and she was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. We, you know, you didn't get it. I was like, well, can I have my money back? She goes, we don't do refunds. I was like, I'm, I'm literally losing my mind over like, this bitch, you're two finished, you're fixing dollar to start drink. Doing yeah. I, I was beside myself. Like I've never been angrier about anything. So I, she basically hangs up on me. I literally spent the next 45 minutes on Pizza Hut's like corporate website finding emails, people to try to talk to you. 
my thumbs were like sore from typing on my iPhone. <laughs> like, what? What is her name? Didn't yeah. you say you wrote a review? No, oh, I think I was gonna get on Yelp, but I those emails that I was sending out like to the customer support. It was like, oh. <laughs> and you're like trying to word it so beautifully. Well, was, As I sit here with my my large, thin <laughs> crust, I'm, I'm parched because you're, you're like, you know, fuck this lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, the worst part was, you know, I did it. I like sat there and sent all that and I have never felt like a bigger piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, did I literally spend my entire evening losing my mind over, over this, you know, Coke that Pizza Hut forgot. And then you look at the pizza, you're like, you don't even want it anymore. Yeah. You're like, fuck this pizza. No, I ate the pizza. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude, when you told me that, I was dying. That was a couple years ago, too. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, that was, that, 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 was, that, that was old Josh. Old Josh. Now. Yeah. But okay, so. Oh, I would still, I would still come unglued for some if someone forgot my drink. Oh, dude, that, I feel you, man. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're switching gears here. So the main reason that I had Josh come on today is we spoke about this briefly last time you came on, but uh, he, Josh, you're venturing on this this music path, and yeah. uh, you came on in the summer. It was probably around September now that I think about it, maybe a little later, but nonetheless, you had just released an EP, which was mainly cover songs of, like, mm-hmm. you did the Post Malone cover, and you were just kind of, in your own words, like, toying around with yeah. your, your music career, seeing where it's going. So that leads me into um, your new single that will be releasing. Is it March the sixth? March sixth. So deep end, and uh, I had the I had the pleasure of you sending me this, you know, a couple weeks ago, and I uh, I think I'm pretty pretty well known in our friend group for being honest when it comes to this yeah. kind of stuff, and I'm like, bro, them lyrics and that that that, that that's fire. I like it a lot. So so what's the it. what's the what's the plan? What what do you got going on? Man, yeah, so. Again, yeah, last time I was on here, I was working working with Preston, getting some, you know, songs recorded, things that I can, you know, basically cut my teeth on when I'm trying to get back out there and uh, try to get different shows and everything that I'm working on. But um, my main goal when I first started that was to kind of basically just have a little outlet, you know. I mean, I'd always done music, but I never really you know, pursued any kind of doing shows or anything. Right. And I think a big part of that was that I have a pretty wide, wide range of music. I think I listen to, and you know, I've really looked at it as I can't really pick a path that I really want to go on. And I think honestly, even just tying it back into, you know, changing my lifestyle a little bit, Yeah. you know, instead of sitting there saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it for this reason and just, you know, kind of put it off at this point. Um, I was looking at it like, look, I'm just, I'm going to go from not doing anything to trying to do everything. I was yeah making beats. I was, you know, trying producing. I was, you know, started recording some stuff. Um, and then really just honing my skills a little bit that, you know, I did a lot in high school, but right. I never really saw it through, but the, you know, starting getting a couple gigs around here. Um, just doing some acoustic shows with Preston and Alex, uh, a couple Preston Scott and Alex Singleheart's couple, couple of musicians that I work with. They are, uh, uh, not only like say great musicians, I mean, they're good friends and, um, yeah, shout them out Two uh, two great dudes. Love those guys. But yeah, that they're, uh, I I can tell you, um, not, not to cut you off, but, Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you just from our friendship, God, we've been friends for 
freaking a long forever. Time. So, oh my god! If I if you had a camera in here, I would show that picture I found dude, the other day. That was oh my a young Gilly. Oh, with, a young Josh. Oh, I didn't have my diamond studs in like you did. Though, hey, right? I had okay. Yeah, th- listen to this young douche that I was. I I Josh pulls up this picture the other night and it's like it. It almost doesn't even look like me. Bro. I mean, so first off, I look like I'm like a hundred pounds. I'm, I'm fresh out of high school. It looks like a, a f- lesbian trying to pretend to be you. <laughs> and I have, I have a faux hawk, and I have my my uh, little aggressive. diamond studs, earrings, and my Keystone light. I'm like, who in why in the <laughs> world were y'all friends with me? And then what was so, what was so funny about that particular picture is I told Josh like, dude, do you remember? Because I remember that night vividly. I was like, bro, do you remember how you greeted me into your apartment that night? And he's like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you slung the door to your apartment open so fast. And he was already drunk. And he's like, he holds up this huge bottle of liquor that's in the shape of like an octopus. And it's called the Kraken. And it's like spiced rum. And he doesn't say hi or what's up, guys. He slings his door open. He's like, the Kraken. And there's nothing left in it. And Josh is by himself. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God. It was my roommate, too. One of those nights. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. So, anyways. Yeah. Uh, Go, going off that, but um, working well, with – oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. So the point I was trying to make is, like, back then, you used to play music all the time. Exactly, like yeah. When we'd be hanging out, you know, you'd – you get out the guitar, and it, it was way later in the night when everybody had been drinking. You, yeah. you played one or two songs you were comfortable with, which was fine. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. But now, maybe this, like, newfound confidence you have. Like, dude, I've seen you play at Brandenburger. I've seen you play at Boxcar, you know, swapping songs with the guys mm-hmm. here and there. And I'm like, hell yeah, man. And it and it, it's, it kind of, like, exudes, like, through your whole persona. Like, you as a human being up mm-hmm. there aren't kind of – in a shell anymore you're up there like yeah. hey you know what dude like you said i'm gonna try a little bit of everything and who knows if i'll like it or not and yeah. i think that's how you approach your shows too like if you don't like it that's fine man i'm doing it yeah and it's and it is good um because my style of music uh, you know as far as what i think my sound is is again i think it's always gonna be changing i mean it's going to be you know something that'll always be evolving but um when it comes to you know getting out there and and playing shows and my biggest thing is just being able to get out there in front of people and um you know just spread the name spread the name you know try to get my again my name out there you know it's nice to have my friends all show up and you know it's it's a get it's honestly started out as like it's better than going to the boxcar and spending a hundred dollars i'd rather (laughs) get paid to be at the box car sure. and then, you know, yeah. and it all kind of snowballs into that. So, um, when I'm talking about, you know, tackling all different types of music and everything, it really is just when I wake up, if I'm, you know, if I've got downtime or whatever, instead of just sitting around, not doing anything or just watching TV, um, you know, I have a decent home studio set up, but you know, it's, it's enough to where I can get on, you know, record some stuff, record some rough drafts of things. Right, right. You know, I think my computer has a, a treasure trove of some horrible songs <laughs> that, I, you know. Well, you think they're horrible now, but like you said, oh, that, that no, could be a no, rough I'm dra- telling you, they're bad. Like, there are some <laughs> bad ones on there. I love it. But uh, So, are you singing opera? Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We, 
Some of them, I just, I don't know why I keep them on there. I feel like I could be used for blackmail later or something. <laughs> just reference, reference from where you came from. Yeah. Like, God almighty. That, see, the, the guy who recorded this song, he's the one who wrote the Yelp review about yeah. Pizza Hut, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, so so Deep End, uh, that, that's going to be the single. But I, I think the word single kind of implies that that's your only body of work. Do you mm-hmm. have anything? Are you coupling this with anything else? Yeah, so I'm working on, right now I've been working with Preston, um, Preston Scott. He's uh he's producing all of the all of the songs I've been trying to record. So um I'm releasing Deep End on March sixth and then I'm going to basically put out it's either gonna be a five or six song EP that I'm working on right now. I've got three of the three of the songs recorded. I need to get, you know, I still gotta get a couple of them mastered. Um and I've gotta record two more, so or two or three more. I haven't decided yet. But, um, yeah, really working with Preston on that has, you know, kind of opened my eyes a little bit to how the whole music production is because, you know, I think it's, and I mean, it, it, I feel like it's easy, you know, once you, you get a guitar and you get to get, you just play acoustic and, you know, play and sing, um, you know, Preston is probably one of the most talented musicians that I know and it shows not, I mean, yeah, we've all seen him play guitar. I mean, he's a great front man, like great. He puts on good shows and everything. But um, seeing that guy work in the studio, I mean, yeah, the word it, the word musician encompasses exactly. a lot. Exactly. I mean, even on Deep End, I mean, Preston did the lead guitar. Preston did the drums. I mean, uh, it was, and and not only that, I mean, he's EQing everything and uh, you got just, you, you got to give uh, layman's terms to the listeners. Yeah. What's well, he, yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, he is basically mixing the volumes and everything. Like, it's the things that don't stick out to you as you and me, even me. Like right. when I'm listening to a song, like I'll sit there and be at Preston's house, and we'll we'll record something, lay something down, and he'll be playing it back, and I'm like, that is the best shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. And he's like, no, no, it's he, not. He's just got to fine tune everything. And then, but I'm telling you, give him. 20, 30 minutes on a certain, like, whether it's a guitar part or a drum part. I mean, he's not going back and re-recording anything, but he is got an ear for, for that to really find the best. And I'm trying to put this like in that. Find the best points of the sound. And you know, really kind of, highlight it. You yeah, know? like like extract the good parts and then put it exactly. into like some sort of perfect little melodic thing that and turns you, into the song. And to me and you, I mean, it's just it, and you know, you don't realize it, but it sticks out eventually if you yeah. in a bad song. I mean, you can tell good recordings from bad recordings, right? Right. But um, you know, honestly, getting back into the EP and getting to what my main goal was was, you know, we had been you know messing around recording things left and right, you know, just really having them you know i've i've got a bunch of music over there too that you know we're just sitting on and not really doing anything with and you know once i really started getting into writing some of the songs that you know that i that have a lot of meaning to me and like um songs that i feel really kind of encapsulate what i'm trying to do with music right um getting some of those songs written and honestly seeing preston grow in these last eight months on how he's been doing that. It's been, um, we kind of both came up with the idea of like, you know, Hey, I'm trying to get my music out there. Um, you know, I want basically, I mean, 
the, some of the sounds I think we're getting, and again, I'm not trying to talk good on my, I mean, brag, I guess is what you'd say, but you know, some of the like deep in that song sounds like it was recorded in a million dollar studio. Right. And it's, it's not like it, it's, it's something that I think when we get Preston's or you know, not, I mean, Preston's well known around here, but I'm telling you, um, as a producer, I yeah, think he's gonna, I think sure. he's got potential to change the game. So, I mean, that, that's so sick. And that is, so, so when you, when you say like these songs you're recording and, and, you know, laying down and putting pad to pen on these things, like whenever you have most musical like artists or musicians, like whenever they all have like a process they go through mm-hmm. in their mind, What's yours with like your songwriting? I mean, is it you have a melody like you're just grabbing the guitar and you're playing a couple chords? You're mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, you know, humming something, or do, are you more of like lyrics to paper and then I'm gonna bring melodies around it? Are you like, does that make sense? What, yeah. what, what's your process? My process, I mean, is definitely trying to find the guitar sound first and the melody. Um, I've tried writing songs to where you know I'm just trying to I write the lyrics. And then eventually I'll, I'll put music to it. I've just never, I've never been able to get like a good feel doing it that way. I mean, a lot of people do. Sure. Um, just not your style. Exactly. Yeah. What works. I, and again, what works for me, but um, what I like to do is again, have that melody, like kind of uh, general direction that the song is going to go. And right. then, you know, I typically have things that you, I mean, like anybody, you know, you want to write about. And again, um, I try to use it as a productive outlet for me. So again, when I'm talking about writing some of the songs you know, it wasn't like I'm going to sit down today. I'm going to write sure. the best song I've ever written. It was like, today was a shit day. So like, or today was a good day or, you know, today was this today was that, you know, I'm, usually I'm just sitting around in my living room playing guitar or picking around on something, maybe even like watching TV. And then, you yeah. know, it just turns into like an evening kind of thing for me. And yeah. And that's a very, um, that's a very positive like yeah. out, outlet for you there. This, this, this production you have like this EP or whatever, that's, do you have any sort of rough timeline to expect? Cause you set a hard mm-hmm. release date for March the 6th for deep end. Yeah. That's so I haven't, I don't have one yet for the EP. Um, I've got to get those other two songs recorded. Uh, and again, Unfortunately, I still got my day job to work around, yeah, you know, no and, joke. Preach. and, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, and again, just remaining positive about it. And, right. um, you know, I, I would, I don't want to have like a, uh, I mean, of course I'm going to have it out sooner rather than later. I mean, I, I'd want to, um, but again, just really enjoying the process of doing it. Cause this is really, you know, I know I released some songs this summer, um, it was like you said, it was some SoundCloud stuff and none of it was a lot of, uh, there was a couple of originals on there, but I think they were just songs I wrote in like 15, 20 minutes oh. while I was in the studio. Um, that's was that was, was going to be my next thing is, is this an entire you project? I mean, this is all you, there's no covers. This is from start yeah. to finish. I know you said Preston did like some guitar. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about that. I'm talking the the voice the all that is is oh you. yeah this these that's got to feel good you yeah know? these are all original songs and um yeah it does I mean it, it's honestly I, I'm really happy with how the songs we've gotten done have turned out so Hell far yeah. um I mean I think a lot of people are gonna like them yeah um it's a different I mean it's a different sound I mean it's uh 
you know, if I had to put a name on it, I mean, there is some, you know, I mean, there's some old school like emo rock in you, there. There's dude, some country in there. When I, if I had to put you into a box, it would be that uh, that that emo rock punk mm-hmm. that we all grew up on. You know, anybody from ages 23 to like 35, they know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, like uh, you know, the Hawthorne Heights, the Blink 182, stuff like that. Yeah. That that is that that's you. That's the way you play guitar. Mm-hmm. That's your cadence of your voice. Like that. That's just. You yeah. that's always and I feel like you I could be wrong, but I feel like that's where you kind of draw a lot of your inspiration mm-hmm. from because you may enjoy like the post Malones, obviously, you know, yeah. Juice World, stuff like that. But I feel like you kind of maybe you're you're ingrained like into who you are yeah. is that music that you grew up on, you know? Exactly. And and again, that was that's what I grew up on. Yeah. Um you sh- and sh- shout out to your concert last oh, night. Oh yeah, yeah. We went we went Saw the used last night. That was a good, uh, good show. I hadn't, I don't think I'd ever seen them in concert. And honestly, when I saw they were playing in Dallas, um, I had a buddy, Keith, he actually got tickets to it. So couldn't say no at that point, but I will tell you, they, they played some good songs. Like it was the songs that I grew up on. I, I'm not going to lie. I was out there, uh, you know, trying to push my way to the front. I'm sitting here like, oh my God, I got to work tomorrow. I can't be out here right. sweating my... Just reminds you of your days, you know, yeah. strolling through the aisles of Hot Topic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> looking, yeah. looking for new MySpace layouts. New, yeah, I need a new stud belt. Yeah, this isn't a phase, mom. Yeah. The used is in town. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah, and what was funny, it was like, you know, it was, it felt like the vibe in that place was... I saw a bunch of people my age, I mean, and they were all still dressed up like they were 2007, like Hot Topic models, yeah. Does, does that not say something to you? Because this is a conversation that I have with a lot of my really close friends mm-hmm. is like, do not get me wrong. There is exceptions to everything. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to music, like I feel like this particular the only, the only two kinds of music I can think that like completely died mm-hmm. was like that eighties hairband, like arena rock mm-hmm. gone dead. Yeah. No, no ifs, ands or buts. There's nobody doing that anymore. And yeah, then, the and, and, that. <laughs> yeah, right. With the grunge and all yeah. that. Like, but even then, like there's still some grungy sound out there mm-hmm. to this day. There's some influences from that, you know, Lane Staley and, mm-hmm. you know, Kurt Cobain, Scott Weiland, their, their influences are still out there, bro. This this early 2000s, like the My Chemical Romance, mm-hmm. the 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 used, you know, stuff like that, gone. Yeah. It's like, it, it's just it's just gone. What, what the hell happened? Like, well, I think that, you know... It's like not cool to be emo anymore, I guess. Like, I don't know. Well, and I, I, that music's always changing. And I, I think, and it, just what I would, if I had to put a guess on it, um, you know, there was a band... Uh, Sleeping with Sirens, I think, or something. Yeah, that... really, really, really high falsetto mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Well, he that that band was kind of, I felt like to me was kind of one of the very tail ends of of that of that the used the My Chemical Romance those guys because um, they were I mean they were around probably around 2015 16 yeah I yeah mean, maybe I, even earlier yeah. yeah and they're still they're still making music but what I think is interesting about them is they have a song with MGK, like a, a rapper. What? Yeah. I know it, that. Yeah. And it's, I know I mean, they, I know they killed that Goo Goo Dolls cover. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Was it Iris? It yeah, was yeah, Iris. Yeah. Yeah. But they, I mean, they have a song with MGK and what's funny is I think you look at how hip hop is now. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot of those elements in that music. I mean, you know, melody, uh, you know, singing about your feelings and, you know, getting all, you know, yeah. I, I guess the new way to put in your feelings. Yeah. But I, like I think Drake a, had a song called in your, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I feel you. Yeah. I think there's some elements of, of that music that you can kind of see in that. And that's the crazy thing about music. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just, and I, I love that too. Um, cause Casey, some of her favorite music, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've never once tried to act like this is my cup of tea because I, I like this music but I'm never going to be outwardly seeking this kind of music. Mm-hmm. But she freaking loves, loves like it. a day to remember. She loves pierce the veil, asking mm-hmm. Alexandria, you know, like uh, all that stuff. And I like that, but I'll put it on like my gym playlist. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm trying to listen to this right now. But yeah. she, her being so engulfed and so like infatuated with that style. Mm-hmm. I think that style is probably the, the new wave or like the, the last of the Mohicans of, yeah. you know, that stuff I was talking about. Cause it's not the same, but it's similar. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you all those guys in that band are like, uh, like pierce the veil, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I guarantee you they were front row at, you know, blink One Eighty Two concerts and made a exactly. parade and all that stuff, you know? Well, and I think since I've, you know, not to even really segue, but like just even doing, uh, doing music lately and, you know, kind of seeing how this is all, how bands come together and, you know, meeting different people that do everything like that. Um, I am nine times out of 10, when you go to a band, like this was my perception when I first would go to shows and everything, I would go to a show, you know, you see the band, you got the lead singer, guitarist, drummer, everyone up there. And I'm just assuming, I was like, these guys have been playing together Probably for years, you know, they probably knew each other in high school. Best friends, yeah. That is not the case at all. I mean, though, musicians are, I mean, it is, it's as much of a competitive grind as anything else. I mean, there are, you know, time, there's people that'll, I mean, Alex was telling me when he was, he opened up, I think it was for, I can't remember. I can't remember who exactly he opened up for. It was pretty. I think I want to say Brandon Ryder. It might not have been. I think him and Preston played there. But he, Alex, said he was talking to him, and he told him that he had met the bass player or the rhythm guitar player, but maybe a day before they played that what? show. Send them. They just send them the songs. Send them the key. It's in. You know. And there's a lot of musicians out there that, that I mean, they make a living doing that. Right. Like just playing. You know, for different different bands at different times and everything. Sure. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, and honestly, doing music with Alex and Preston, because, I mean, honestly, we've been, you know, really kind of all trying to find our own thing that we're doing right now. And, you know, and you know, I've got the stuff I'm working on. Preston definitely has the stuff he's working on. Alex has the stuff he works on now. Um, it's pretty, it'd probably be pretty, you know, if any of us were going to play like a full band show, I mean, we're all going to be there. You know, it's yeah, all going to be, yeah. you know, we would all you know, hang our hats on that music that we were doing then. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy seeing how, uh, fluid, I guess that, that whole crowd is. Cause it's a scene like, yeah. It's, and it's, it, they, you meet one guy that, Oh, like when I played at that benefit this last weekend right. for, uh, Rachel Ritchie, um, I met this band called the ninth street band there. And they literally told me, they're like, yeah, we're, we're the ninth street band, but we've also got like three or four different projects out, out of this band. Like one, uh, like there's seven people in it 
I'm like, sometimes three of them will go play this kind of music or two of them will go do this. That's dope. And, and they've all got different names but, for all their stuff. Right. That's it's, dope. It's crazy. And that leads me. Okay. So I did get permission from you before this to yeah. talk about a project that not a lot of people know about, but you've got, you know, a band in mm-hmm. the works with, you know, Alex and Preston and, you know, some other floating around. I don't know if those are tied down just yet, yeah. but so y'all got, was it a bass player and somebody else too? Yeah. Well we had, well, um, and this again, kind of even just goes to show, I mean, uh, Alfred Cabrera was our, uh, was playing bass for us and his brother was playing drums. Um, uh, Mark Cabrera. Um, but you know, we played together. We were trying to get a, you know, a whole set down. Um, a lot of it was, you know, some of Alex's songs. We had some of Preston's songs in there. Um, Alex was the lead singer, or that's how we were we were setting it up. Um, and again, the, we're all just really working together on it. But Alfred actually got offered to go play bass at the uh, with his band called the Hometown Boys. Um, they are Alex and Mark both played Tejana music before they were really, you know, okay. jamming with us. Yeah, I mean. And they're good. Like they, that's a whole different sound. Whole different sound. And I, sound, I'm man. telling you, it's it's something that I like. I had my guitar when they were playing there one time, and I'm like trying to pick along. I can't do it. Like it's it's just so foreign to me. So those literally guys, those guys <laughs> those guys being able to come over and you know shift their complete style and do the kind of stuff that we were doing, um, just goes to show how talented they were. But Mark or Alfred got offered to play bass for that, that man, the hometown boys out of Houston. And they're actually in that Tejana scene. Like they are one of the, one one of the bigger ones. So good for him. Um, yeah. And that, and that's what honestly, yeah, we were kind of bummed out. We're like, Oh man, we, you know, we lost our bass player and this and that. But at the same time, it was such a, I mean, all of us literally called Alfred and, you know, congratulated him. Um, because that's a big step. That's a big, um, accomplishment i mean that's what you get that's why you're in it you know and that's kind of speaking on that like okay tejano into your your style now i think that's what makes y'all's band uh whether it be backwoods montgomery or the buzzards whatever y'all go with but like whatever that may be you were talking earlier about yourself like oh i think my music my style will always change Mm -hmm. i think that's what's unique to you guys and what will make y'all successful is how alike yet how Mm -hmm completely different you are because Preston Williamson is you know basically BB King reincarnated like he is a blues like that dude could live in Louisiana exactly. or or you know St. Louis and just sit in the a, a, guitar just, all day or or mm-hmm. just sit there and pick a couple you know blues strings and just mm-hmm. kind of hum on the guitar and everybody he would just people would be listening you know he that yeah. that's him or he can turn around and you know rock your face off with like poison and stuff mm-hmm. like that then you've got Alex who's got that Freaking! I just smoked a pack of Marlboro yeah, Red. That's because that, he does. He's got that Lucero, that yeah. you know, like just that soulful. Like mm-hmm. he gives it at all when he's singing. Oh, then yeah. you've got you, who's got influences from, you know, Post Malone, Juice World, Blink One Eighty Two. You know, all these different things. I think those. That's like the recipe for, like, create. Like, like y'all are like a creative like nucleus that's going to, you know, kind of feed off of each other. And you, like you were mentioning earlier, how whenever you go into the studio, oh, that sounds great. And Preston's like, no, it doesn't. Those little things are going to set y'all apart because like, it's like you take the best out of each other. Yeah. You see things that other people may not see. I think that's kind of, kind of a cool little dynamic y'all got rocking over there. Yeah, definitely. And it's honestly, um, you know, 
we just we all enjoy making music together. I mean, we're all. Um, I don't think anyone's got a specific like. Oh, we're trying to do this to to make sure we we're playing these shows. And honestly, that I think that was kind of a a wrong turn that I took when we first kind of tried to start this. Was like, look, you know, well, I want to be playing Steamboat at some point, or I want to be doing. They're like, I I wanted to set those goals and like those be what we're actually striving for, which I think is important. Yeah. You you need to have goals for whatever you guys are actually trying to do. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we got to naturally like, this is, we're not just going to put music out and it's going to be, you know, instantly picked up. And the biggest thing is that I think when you're trying to be creative in anything is that you're still staying, you're still doing it for you and you're still, you know, writing and, 100% 100% um, coming up with things and, and doing it for your pleasure as opposed to trying to trying to do something that you're not. And again, um, when we're talking about, you know, bands, how they shift and different people do come and do this and do that, um, that that's really kind of the mentality I think I've tried to take on it and that we, we all t- try to do is not look at it as like our band is going to we're going to create the best band and, you know, we're going to be better than everybody else, but look at it as more like a community. Yeah. You know, for sure. We're all going to pick each other up. If, you know, if Alex, you know, gets a huge show somewhere that, you know, he's going to, he's going to play and he wants to do a full band. If, I mean, if he asked me to go play the triangle for him, you know, I mean, I'm going to (laughs) go the cowbell. Exactly. Because, um, that's your boy. Yeah. that's And, and it's, it's so much more than just being, like I said, musicians for hire, um, you know, going out there and uh, just trying to be the 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 most like the artist that stuck out stuck out the most, right? But really, just like I said, help each other out. You know, I love that dude. You know, try to dude. I preach that shit all the exactly. time. Like, I mean, if you if you want if you want to be negative, if you want to be competitive, if you want to drag somebody down, it is the easiest thing to do you could find it you dude you and it's i have been easy. you and i have been friends forever if you wanted to pick me apart it would give you five minutes you could just go on same thing with me but like yeah. why would you why like what do you gain from that yeah. like th- alex and preston are your bandmates yeah but you're they're your friends first exactly you know what i'm saying and like That's exactly and, and if you god forbid something were to happen to you or or them and you lost your voice oh you're just gonna stop talking to them they're, they don't yeah. mean anything to you anymore like no. no it's not it's not like or break your hand you can't play guitar like it's you're still josh mm-hmm. you're, you're still you know so and so like that's i think that's a maybe something that you have like a leg up on on the competition because you're not musicians for hire like you got some you know some skin in the game now yeah and and the good thing is too is that it just branches i mean because alex knows a lot of guys preston knows a lot of guys you know i've meeting a lot of people um uh and it's just like i said it's a it's a amazing little like a community that you know it's it that that music scene creates and um really just getting you know, to be a little bit of a part, of, like be a part of it, and you know, meet the people that I've already met, and um, you know, just seeing how it works. I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's, cool, it's awesome, you know. And you mentioned earlier that uh, like the steamboat thing, like did you, I know you went up mm-hmm. there. Did that did that take a couple of years off your life going to Steamboat oh, Music Fest? Steamboat was was a rough weekend <laughs> or a week. Oh my god, it felt like a weekend, god. but no, it was actually good, man. I mean, uh. Me and Alex actually went up there uh, a bunch. I mean, we could sit here all night and say who went up there. 
Except for Justin Gilly, because he's too scared. Oh, no. Justin Gilly can't afford that. Yeah. And I just got a new job. Me neither. Dude, I would give anything to go to Steamboat. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, I would... Man, it, I feel like if there is one thing that is directly suited to me, it's that. And like you should. Oh, my God. I'd give anything to go. It, Never been. Never been. If you've got the opportunity or if you can stack away something to... Bro, it was as far as... I mean, I didn't ski. Um, see, I love to ski. See, yeah, me, it's still a little, you know, hills, physics. I feel you. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that gravity thing. Yeah, I'd be, gone. I'd be a little quick. I think. Isaac Newton and his bitch yeah. ass. <laughs> For real. But, uh, yeah, so, but as far as, as a musician, and I know how crazy you are about that, uh, that, that red dirt Texas country music scene. Yes, dude. I... It, it was one of the best things I've ever done. Me and Alex on the second, quick funny story. So the first day that we were there, so each, it's a five day long uh, festival. So every day at 12, they would have, or at noon, they would have an open mic. So, and it was at one of the little bars out there, one of the little ballrooms they were doing it. So me and Alex, had, Alex brought his guitar out there. And uh, the first day we went out there, I, we didn't sign up. I mean, we were, and honestly, I feel kind of like a like a wuss kind of, but we didn't sign up the first day. We we're like, let's just go to this thing and like let's see how good. Let's these, scope out the competition. Yeah, I was like, let's see how good some of these people are. And no bullshit. So the first guy that comes up there, first day of the, the open mic, me and Alex are sitting in there. And again, it's steamboat. I think I've been drinking for two hours already, and it was noon. <laughs> Hug over from the night before. Yeah. Still got half one, half a bag on. Yeah. <laughs> so this first guy comes up. He doesn't bring a guitar. He doesn't have anything. And I was kind of weirded out. I was like, is he going like, to like karaoke type thing or something? Acapella. <laughs> so he goes, this song is about shipwrecks. And I was like, okay. He goes, and I want to dedicate this song to all of the shipwreck victims out there. Will everyone please remove their hats? We're going to have a moment of silence for all the shipwreck victims. What? And I'm like, is this like a prevalent, like, is there lots of shipwreck victims? Like, <laughs> Did you take off your hat? I, yeah, it felt <laughs> awkward. So I'm like looking at Alex. I'm like, this is strange. In the middle of this moment of silence, this guy just bust out singing in Spanish. No, he didn't. And it was the most awkward. He couldn't sing. And like. It was awful. I looked at Alex and I was like, yeah, we're going to do this thing. <laughs> you, can, you can go up there with your cowbell. Yeah, and do I was like, we will, uh, we will be fine. Let's do that. This one goes, this one goes out to all my shipwrecks. Yeah. Goodness. I could, he, and he sat up there for like five minutes singing this song. What? In it the, was, was it like crickets when he was done or did everybody like, no, I mean, people clapped but. and just, and one, <laughs> one more thing, even speaking on that, um, not that guy, uh, that guy, uh, I'll never forget. I'll think about that guy the day I die. That he uh, that's stuck as, in my as brain. you die on a ship, right? Yeah, <laughs> hope not. But uh, he uh, so when the next day, me and Alex did sign up for that open mic. I've played boxcar, I've played branded burger, you know, bars, yeah. parties, and everything. Um, when I got up there to do that open mic, it's a room. It's probably got about two hundred fifty people in there. Oh damn. There's chairs, so everyone's sitting. And it, when I walked out there, I was like, you know, hey, what's up? I'm Josh Birch. It was so 
quiet. Like people were just there to literally listen. listen. And again, like I said, I played boxcar, I played those other places, and it was a completely. I, it was it was unnerving to me at first. Like uh, you literally, I introduced myself and I said, "This is a song I wrote." You know, I don't even have a name for it yet, but um, I went ahead and I started, you know, playing it. And I remember playing those first few chords and like looking out there, and it was, it was the most nervous I think I've ever been in my life. Uh, but I mean, we did it. You know, I played a song. Alex played a. Alex played a "Curse by the Devil," which is freaking phenomenal song. Fire! Yeah, if you haven't Fire. checked it out, it's on YouTube. And I, that's another thing is. Um, well, yeah, we, we have that song recorded, um, and the full band version of that song is, is heat too. So, yeah, that's just, Um, dude, when you write a song like that, like, I mean, if you, that's one of those songs, if you had the lyrics printed on paper in mm -hmm. front of you with no melody, no music, you'd be like, damn, yeah, this just, this, that could be like a movie or something. It's, it's sick. Yeah. Alex killed it with that one. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess one uh, one final little thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, that's not your first experience in Colorado. I heard about this air, airport <laughs> oh, incident that you had. <laughs> man, let me tell you. <laughs> when, I am, when did you tell me? What was uh, this? Were you, I, were you up there for work or something? No, so the, it wasn't Colorado. But so when I worked for uh, Defenders or ADT, like when I first started there, they sent me to Indianapolis oh, God. to train. So... I literally worked at Sports Authority before I worked here. I I don't think I've been on a plane in 10 years. So they send me on this trip. So my plane leaves Dallas. It goes to Minneapolis. And that's where I connect in Minneapolis. And then I go to Indianapolis. That was the the trip. I'm freaking out because I'm going out. I'm going by myself. I don't know anybody. That's way away from here. And it's like, yeah, I'm just, I was nervous. Like, so. I packed, I had, I had like a big duffel bag and like a carry on suitcase. Uh-huh. And then I had like, I overpacked, like it was going to Siberia for three months. <laughs> I was going to Indianapolis for four days. It's might as well be the same yeah, thing though. I was and so my plane is late <laughs> when I'm leaving Dallas, my plane is late. So the layover that I'm having in Minneapolis was only going to be like maybe an hour and a half. So my plane gets to Minneapolis 45 minutes late. And it literally lands on the complete opposite side of the airport from where my connecting flight is. And again, I'm a nervous wreck because I don't travel that much. I don't, I'm like calling my mom. I'm like, oh my God, is what, what, what's, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> she was like, well, just, you need to try to get to your, get to your point. If you get there, you know, you don't have to be there early. They'll let you in if you get there on time. So I'm like, I leave the plane. I'm going on the little jetway thing. And I get into the airport and I realize that my plane is on the other end of the airport. So I'm like hustling, you know, to get over there. And then I see that little, um, that like moving walkway. Yeah. Oh my God. So I get on this thing. And again, like I said, I'm, I'm jogging, like kind of going. And I think when you get on those things, you get a false sense of like, man, I'm moving. So you kind (laughs) of, you go a little quicker so again, it's not a, it's not a false sense. You're yeah, moving. <laughs> yeah. So again, I'm not used to these things. Uh, I, I mean, I'm used to the the stair one, the escalator. But again, the moving walkway was something that was pretty foreign to me at that point. So I'm I'm jogging along this like walkway, and I'm seeing like these the warning signs, like when you're getting to the end, like 
watch your step when you get off. And I'm like, that's just for the old people, you know? <laughs> if you have never walked on one of those things and, like, stepped off of it, like, it's a, it's a little different. You got to catch your feet about you, you know? Yeah, it's some Twilight Zone shit, for yeah. real. It's so, like- I'm going down. I'm running down this walkway. I get to the end. I step off of it. When I tell you I ate shit, <laughs> I have never fallen. Like I had, I needed a life alert. Like it was horrible. There was probably, I'm surprised my shoes stayed on. So I like, I fall, my duffel bag goes everywhere. My suitcase flies away. There's probably like 15 people in this uh, airport in Minneapolis that saw this thing happen. Not one, it was such a bad fall. And again, I kind of used my momentum to roll out of it. And like, I thought I might've looked cool, like getting up. But I, it was an ordeal. I guarantee you there's 15 people in Minneapolis that have told that story 40 times. Like, I was at the airport the other day, and this guy ate shit off one of those moving walkways. And you're calling your mom. Yeah. You're so concerned. Your flight's late. You're calling your mom. You it had was, shit. You're like, oh, my God. It was rough. And that It was like, and I think I it was, coming to Je- it was a come to Jesus moment at that point because it was like, look. If I don't get on this plane, I, I'll just move to Minneapolis. Like, <laughs> I'm so over this, dude. It is. It's so. That is like because I don't. I don't travel that much either. I, I want mm. to, and I just. I never have. It, it is, and I, I have a passport with one stamp on it, and that's yeah. going to change. But like, it is nerve wracking, bro. Yeah. I, and not only just like the anxiety of like flying. Like, I mean, you're you're in a giant. A uh, metal bird, with an, yeah, yeah. Essentially, like, what are you, what are you gonna do when you're, you know, thirty five thousand feet off the ground? You're gonna be like, oh, okay, well, pretty much helpless at that yeah. point. And those it, airlines like cram you in there. They get as many people as they can. In I there. know, and I get sat next to like the four hundred pound guy that smells like nachos, <laughs> and he's me? like, and he's like, <laughs> he's like snoring on me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, it just. I don't get anxiety about it that much. Casey has terrible flat anxiety, I so can, so I feed off of that because I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh my god, we're gonna die!" Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh no, we're, no, we're not. Are, are no, we're, we won't. We're Stop. not. Chill, like, chill. Are we? Well, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, and it's, it's an experience because, and you know, throughout the years, you know, I've I've traveled a little more and you know, gotten used to it. But I'm I, I can understand her anxiety because there, when we were coming back from Steamboat, a big storm hit Dallas. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, so it was a Friday. So uh, me and my friend Casey were on. We had a flight. Um, and then Alex was also on that flight. Well, our flight got canceled at the last minute. And when I tell you an airport basically turns into a casino Yeah, when when that happens to you. Because they're like, you could get home today. You might get home, you know, in four days, you know. We don't know. To the so, bar. Yeah. So <laughs> they put me and Casey on another flight. Um, we got like the last spots. Well, Alex had to go be on standby to get on this plane. So what standby is, is basically they'll feel that everyone that has a ticket gets on the plane. Now, if they have some open seats and you're on standby, then you like, you'll get those seats. So Alex was like the 11th person in line on standby. And they told him, they were like, look, if you don't get on this plane, all the flights are booked tomorrow to Dallas. You'll probably have to fly out on Sunday. So when I remember telling myself, I was like, man, I'm not going to leave Alex here by himself. You know, that would suck. So I, I went up to the little airline guy and I was like, hey, man, if he can't get on the plane, like, you know, I'll, you know I'm going to stay back here with him, you know, because he's my friend. 
And he was like, well, if you don't get on the plane, then you're going to be in the same boat that he's in. He was like, we don't know when you're going to get home. So we were at the airport at this point, maybe an hour. Seven hours goes by to our flight. Seven? Seven hours. And so we're just in this airport. And at this point, I look at Alex like, I'm getting on this plane, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry if you got a hitchhike home. I'm getting on this plane. So they start calling standby. Me and Casey are already boarded. And it was like, Alex was the last person to get and he got a good seat which kind of pissed me off but <laughs> he was the last person that got selected to go on this plane and it was like meant to be bro it was the most stressed out i'd been in a while yeah um and it wasn't even me dealing with it bro so. whenever i very when i went to visit casey when she was at school in providence rhode island mm-hmm. and i was a a whopping like 20 or 19 years old at the time yeah. i think i'd flown on a plane i hadn't flown on a plane since i was maybe 10 yeah but I'm going to go visit my girlfriend across the, the country. So I'm like, it's no big deal, bro. Yeah. I'm good. I'm 19. Yeah. Like, whatever. I got my bro, diamond I, earrings yeah, and my bro, faux hawk. Bro, you, don't, you can't see me, duh. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm like, okay, whatever. No big deal. So first off, we fly, or I fly from Dallas to freaking New Hampshire. Oof. Do you have any idea how far away New Hampshire is from Rhode Island? It's about mm, three seconds away. So yeah. why did you not just take me all the way there? So anyways, that's neither here nor there. So I land, and like I had a connecting flight. And the same thing, I, I mean, I had my little ticket stubs. I didn't think twice about it. It was like, you know, whatever. You're going to land in New Hampshire at 4, and your other flight leaves at 4.45. Yeah. I'm like, okay, no big deal. That sounds normal. 45 minutes that's a that's a tight window of time oh yeah and this airport especially when you don't know what the airport bro this airport i landed in was shaped like a horseshoe it had it three terminals a b and c mm-hmm. sure enough i land in a my flight's out of c so dude i am i was you know one yeah i guess one year out of high school two years out of high school at that point so i'm you know i'm in peak conditioning mm-hmm. and i'm like i've never been up north so i'm i'm in like a freaking columbia like michelin man jacket like i'm all like strapped up ready for this cold weather and when i tell you i did a usain bolt like (laughs) 300 yard dash across this airport i was dude i didn't care if you were you know white black white black mexican tall short fat skinny ugly i don't care i was see you dude got there i misread my ticket Oh, I had like man. an extra hour to go. So not only did I look like a dumbass flying, everybody, like when I got to my gate, everyone's like, what is this guy yeah. doing? And I'm like, Why are you sweating? <laughs> I'm sweating. It's, it's the jacket. It's the jacket. Yeah. That's where the sweat's coming from. Hey, yeah. man, at least you didn't fall. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it kind of got, I got, I got my steps in for the day there you too. Go. Yeah. Oh, I love it, man. But yeah. anyways, dude, we've been doing this for over an hour now and oh, we've gone all over the place and uh, I wanted to take a second here at the very end because like I said, the main reason I wanted you to come on was to talk about your music and yeah. everything. Uh, so take this time here to plug all your stuff, tell people what to expect, give me some dates to be looking out for, where yeah. can you find your music, so, so on and so forth. Uh, so my single Deep End will be out on March 6th. And it'll be on all the streaming platforms. So Spotify, Apple Music, tell Alexa to play that shit, you know, <laughs> whatever. But um, that'll be on there. Uh, EP will probably, I would say, end of April, early May um, yeah. would be my goal is what I'm trying to have that done. Um, and yeah, uh, you can go on Instagram, Josh Birch Music, um, Josh Birch on Facebook. Uh, I don't have Twitter. 
and I'll plug you and all this stuff too. Oh, like, yeah. I, like I know a lot of people hear that on you know uh, podcast or whatever. Oh, I'll plug it on. Like I really do on every mm-hmm. one of my posts. I'll I'll tag him and everything. But um, so yeah, just make sure go give him a follow. Go give him a listen, Josh. Congratulations on the weight Thank loss you. and Thank switching you. your life around, bro. I love that this Josh 2.0 is my favorite version of you ever. So awesome. stick with it, my man. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming by. No problem, man. Thanks.